Allen Capital Group, Market Commentary, November 2020. Multiple futures, one past. As a rule, people prefer certainty to uncertainty. Uncertainty feels painful, something to be avoided. Certainty, on the other hand, feels safe, and we tend to steer toward it. When we are uncertain, we look to similar others to provide us with the correct actions. The more people undertaking that action, the more we consider that action valid, regardless if the group's activity is rational or irrational. Ben Graham writes, You're neither right nor wrong because the crowd disagrees with you. You're right because your data and your reasoning are right. Investing involves embracing the unknown, becoming comfortable with being roughly correct, or risk being precisely wrong. News of an effective vaccine, the fog of an uncertain election receded, and hopes of additional fiscal aid from Congress propelled risk assets higher through November. Investors are looking beyond headlines about the raging spread of the virus toward a time, presumably next year, when one or more vaccines may have the disease under control. When the all-clear signal sounds, returning to normal life could ignite a powder keg of pent-up demand from businesses and consumers, and the economy could take off. This version of the future does not come without challenges. Perhaps the vaccines will be distributed and administered more slowly than anticipated. Maybe the Georgia Senate elections in early January result in a House, Senate, and White House that all agree to more aggressive tax hikes than markets currently anticipate. Market pricing paints the picture of consensus expectations of the future. Prices will move as a function of how events transpire relative to those expectations. Rather than positioning for the possibility of multiple futures, equity indexes near all-time highs appear to be optimized for one particular future. Now is the time for investors to be cautious, not cocky, as markets leave little margin for safety. Future Growth Monetary and fiscal response to the pandemic created a lollapalooza of low rates, soft financing requirements, and unlimited liquidity for corporate borrowers during the COVID-19 crisis. Focusing on survival, U.S. corporate debt surged in 2020 as businesses tapped bank credit lines and raised as much cash as possible to get to the other side of the COVID-19 pandemic. U.S. non-financial corporate debt to GDP rose to 88.2% at the end of the third quarter, up from 74.9% in the previous comparable quarter. Low-cost debt will help businesses facing cyclical headwinds endure the crisis, emerging on the other side, eager to advance. Servicing this debt will force them to spend less on growth in the future when they have to pay it back. Other companies will face structural forces, creating long-lasting changes to their industry, difficult to overcome. Low-cost financing serves as life support for these companies, merely delaying the inevitable. These zombie companies are neither dead nor alive. They are in so much debt that any cash generated by operations is used to pay interest on their debt. There's no spare cash or capacity for the company to invest or grow. Which future unfolds for each company not only depends on changes to their industry, it's largely dependent on management's ability to adapt and evolve in response to those changes. On the positive side, keeping large companies on life support keeps workers employed. But an undesired side effect is these workers are less productive than they could be. When workers go from a zombie to a productive company, their labor productivity increases, benefiting total economic growth. The longer workers stay with zombies, 
the longer the drag will be on economic growth. This dynamic could take longer to play out than we expect. But time will distinguish between terminally ill companies and those temporarily impaired. The Value of Growth Structural changes initiated or accelerated by the COVID-19 crisis pulled many elements of the future into the present. High-growth tech companies, perceived as revolutionizing the planet, have directly benefited from the virtual revolution. They've experienced seven years of growth in seven months. Regardless of which changes in consumer behavior become permanent and which are transitory, moving forward, we're unlikely to use less tech. We'll use more. Prices for many of those growth companies reflect that idea, and then some. The expectation now is the pandemic way of life persists well into the future, and so does the growth. But the more everyone expects spectacular results, the harder it becomes to surpass expectations. When prices get ahead of themselves, talk of financial bubbles begins to creep into the conversation. Detecting and measuring financial bubbles is no easy task. We can define financial bubbles as a significant increase in an asset's price that does not reflect an increase in its true value. Bubbles anchor on the belief that asset prices will continue to rise no matter what. People pay more because they expect to sell for more. This conviction compounds as greed and the fear of missing out attract capital, pushing prices even higher. Asset managers join the party because they define bubbles as something they get fired for not owning. Regardless of what the group is doing, in the end, profits and interest rates drive stocks. Though uncomfortable at times, it's best to let these factors determine your outlook, not politics, not fear, not greed. Conclusion Large corporate debt loads may drag on the economy in years to come and weigh on future growth. Not all businesses have suffered equally. Many companies have seen years of future growth in a few short months. Sustaining that elevated level of growth in a post-pandemic world becomes the challenge. We should be skeptical of our ability to predict the future with precision. Once we've lived it, recency bias makes us feel the future will be similar to the past. And the past was inevitable. It becomes difficult to comprehend there were many possible futures. And the best or worst thing that has ever happened is not the best or worst thing that could happen. To progress, we need to imagine alternative futures, not just any future, better ones. And we need to believe them to be possible. And while optimism is warranted, a healthy dose of skepticism is justified. Knowing what to avoid is often more potent than seeking brilliance. Now is the time when your advisor can give you direction and help you gain clarity on your many possible futures. They'll help you balance the alluring probabilities of being right with the dire consequences of being wrong. Travis Portwood, Chief Investment Officer, Allen Capital Group.